So the most downloaded episode to date of Dear Constance was episode one on artistry and creativity. I think part of it is because that was the very first episode, but also because the subject of creativity strikes a chord of interest in a lot of people. I actually got a bunch of messages about that episode. So when I stumbled upon this conversation with my friend Sandra and discovered that we were actually talking about the subject of creativity, I thought it was a good way to give you a glimpse into the types of conversation I like to have. When I recorded it, I had absolutely no intention of publishing it. Sandra had made a comment about how re-engaging in her hobbies and creative pursuits had really impacted her work. And she's a scientist. She's basically addressing how we exercise a part of our brain that has ripple effects. Sandra and I met about eight years ago at a mastermind led by Jonathan Fields. After we met at the mastermind, we went on to the Creativity and Innovation Institute in North Carolina for a course for three days. And then we traveled to South Africa together. So we've had a lot of great conversation and a whole lot of fun together. I consider Sandra a key member of my Wisdom Well posse of people that I interact with that bring so much joy and insight and wisdom into my life and the people with whom I have such rich conversation. I'll let her introduce herself to you. Without further ado, I'm so honored to introduce my friend, Sandra Wilson. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Constance. I'm so glad you're here in New York with me. Me too. I wanted to take the opportunity to try to capture a little bit of the conversation we had the other night. But before we do so, maybe it's a good idea to tell people who you are and how we know each other. Okay. <laughs> so um, Sandra, born in Scotland, and I grew up kind of all over the world and have ended up in Copenhagen, Denmark. I am an engineer and a scientist, and I look after innovation and technology development for a biotech company. And uh, we met in, I don't Wait, know. Wait, so you're a nerd. I'm a nerd. You're trying to skip I'm, over and yeah, get to the exciting part. Yeah, I'm totally a geek. The exciting part is when I met you. I worked for a Canadian company that's spun out an advanced materials division. Yeah, I have a background in materials, and I've worked on a lot of sensors for telecommunications, for space, for healthcare. But so, you were going to skip over that whole part. Yeah, I guess oh, okay. I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a bit bored with just doing sensors, so I wanted to increase the complexity, and I added biology, and <laughs> boy, is it complex. <laughs> and yeah. so well, I want to get to the conversation we were having the other night. I was really thinking about it. We started talking about our creative process, and you know I've been going through sort of like this reinvention. So we were talking about that, and we got on the subject of creativity. Yeah. And you said something that kind of struck me. Do you remember what that was? I don't. I said, oh, you've been doing some interesting things. You've been painting. You've been... And you said something like, yeah, it going back to my creative practices has basically had a huge return on investment in your work. Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, science is essentially, and engineering, are essentially creative careers, but it's so not the perception, and it's not how people do it. Of course, science is a method, right? So you use the method, but the method in and of itself is just the bones. And so... So there is a lot of space for bringing in a lot of different ideas, but people get locked in and they make, you know, I did my PhD in Germany and that was very much like very, 
people there are very small, very focused, very constrained in what they do for their PhD because it's kind of like a job, right? And um, I came at it and they thought I was incredibly chaotic because I'm like, I love going between disciplines. And so I'm pulling from all the different disciplines. And I have, you know, what started as a kind of fairly small PhD ended up involving like seven institutes. I pulled in a Nobel Prize winner as an advisor. And so it got really nuts and very hairy. It was horrible to write it up. And cross-disciplinary. Very much so. And I and nobody was doing that at the time. And I was like, no, no, I love this. Why would I need to develop expertise in a tiny little corner when I can pull from someone else's expertise over here, over there? And then and so I just mix and matched and I had incredible results. And that's why I was headhunted to Denmark. And it kind of blew some people's mind. Also, that I started my PhD in Germany over the age of 30 was just shocking for a lot of Germans. But it, I mean, I was like, no, I'm ripe for it. I'm ready now. I wasn't ready before. So, so it just, I don't know. I think I learned a lot about resilience and also following my own path and not really listening to what other people say. And when you're in your creativity, whatever that looks like, I also knit and you know, it's like I'm following my own tune. And so I'm building resilience in that. And also I'm keeping it open. You know, creativity is not something you can directly control. So when I'm painting, I would love my painting to look like a picture, but it doesn't look like a picture. It's my interpretation of something. And that can be really frustrating. I don't always sit down, you know, in my painting class in, in Copenhagen and, and do excellent work. Sometimes I'm just fried and I actually make things worse and then I'm frustrated and I'm, you know. But the way, how does that, for example, let's just talk about painting because that's what we were just talking about. How do you think that informs your performance or your creativity at work? So painting's kind of clever in that it does require a lot of focus, but at the same time, you also have to let go. So you have to focus and defocus and things don't always go the way you think they will. So allowing that frustration and backing off and then relooking at it the next day, that's a practice for what you try to do in creative work as a scientist because experiments don't work and you can't figure it out. And so it's like I'm testing a muscle of like focus and then defocus focus and defocus in the art thing. And it also has this kind of metaphysical kind of energetic shifting between the left brain, the right brain, pulling in things that you don't necessarily think are directly related. They just come in. So it kind of opens different channels, I think, to pull together ideas. Your ability to articulate what you just did is just beautiful. So are these realizations that you're having in hindsight, meaning like now that you've sort of come back and rediscovered and spent the time in your creative process or is this something you've always known it's something that well if i don't do it there's a hole so i've gone without doing it mm -hmm. but there's a cost to it and i don't think i've fully appreciated the cost of not doing it before so you know there are periods of time where i'm just really busy and i'm just churning and churning and churning yeah. things out but it comes at a huge cost to me as a person so being able to, and it, it doesn't always feel great to be rushing out of work to go to a painting class, but it's really important to do it. It's really important to, you know, not have the television on and, or just sit and knit where it's also like a bit of a Zen thing for me. It's important to, to make sure that I have that time because that fills the bucket, that fills the creativity, uh, the nourishment, the focus, defocus muscle 
without it being a grind. Sometimes mm-hmm. painting is a grind, mm-hmm. I have to say. Sometimes <laughs> it is, you know. And those are the days where I might just say, okay, I'm not going to push it. I'm just going to sit and have something to eat in the cafe part of the studio and just not paint. So I also give myself permission to not produce. I'm just curious. You're you're so beautifully articulating this. Is this something you've ever shared like with colleagues or is this just really personal? I have shared. So after we had our, so we met at the Jonathan's Fields Entrepreneurship event here in New York City. And then we went to Susie's event down in North Carolina. Which was about innovation and entrepreneurship, right? So so with, with her creativity there and kind of bringing that out, I've forgotten exactly what that was called, but we did a lot of like painting and she was talking about the 15 minutes in the morning, the painting and so I did share that with colleagues and they were very intrigued by it. And they sometimes they'll come by my office and say, how is that going? But they always ask for how my painting updates are. They come in every week and ask, yeah. you know, how's the paintings? It's, how are they? It's really beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. I'm really thrilled to be able to hear this and to share it because I think it's really important. It's like, you're here you are. Like I'm teasing you about being a nerd. But really, people don't think of this kind of work you do as creative and the way you've articulated how important it is, you know, the, the interplay between the left and the right plane is just, it's just beautiful. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, I w- so where are we seeing each other next time? Oh, well, I think you're due to come to Copenhagen. Yes, right? We have some art to see. Yeah, I'm going to go see <laughs> Hilma Klint. Yeah, that's thank right. Thank you, my love. Thank you, too.